Hi, you're listening to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively brings insights from the Indian space activities ecosystem. I'm your host Narayan, the co-founder of India's first space-focused think tank, Spaceport Sarabhai. Guests on the New Space India podcast help you understand space activities related macro and micro trends within India in all aspects including space history, local industry, space science, technology evolution, law and policy, art and more. The New Space India podcast is supported by Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to enable sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium scale enterprises and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellites. Hi and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. Today we have Tushar here who leads Manastu Space propulsion company that is based in India, one of the only propulsion companies that I know apart from Bellatrix, I guess, uh, that are uh, innovating and have been innovating for the last decade or so in India. So Tushar, thank you so much for taking the time again and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Naim. It's good to meet you and good to talk to you and always fascinating to share our journey what we have gone through and whatever we planning to do thank you for your inviting so before we get into like manastu and everything else i know that you also worked in drdo and you know your colleague also i guess worked in somewhere in the government or so on you need a lot of motivation to quit a government job in india to start a company uh, as is so you know what led to the creation of manastu was it job fr- frustration or was it you know just the opportunity that you saw that you wanted to build a company for or is it, was it a mix of everything else you know what is the story behind the start of manastu uh startup manastu it's combination of actually two three things uh so when i was studying in iit bombay the few things were clear that either i want to i didn't want to work for mnc and either i'll work so option remainder either work for government or start our my own startup so through campus got into drdo so and the drdo was i'll say very interesting experience to i will not label anything else uh, there got to do a lot of things what is happening in the you know overall defense ecosystem and how india is approaching and what are the what are where are the gaps that are there and more importantly how how not to do the defense and some of the high tech developments also so got to learn a very interesting set of sets of things and whatever i had a plans of doing while joining the drdo didn't work out the way i was planning to uh, because you know leaving many of the good private opportunities and other lucrative jobs joining a drdo was whole motivation was to do some amazing tech and that took a hit with some of the decision that happened so and simultaneously the uh, space was growing and we could see clearly you know, the, there are a lot of interesting things were happening it was around 2016 17 also so then took a plunge of uh, leaving the job and starting of our starting manas to space for me it was straight forward quite a straight forward for a simple reason that it was not about whatever the job security was and everything is you know that comes with the government job just just one part of it for me the biggest problem was you know uh, you know going on the de- deathbed and trying and with having that regret of not trying of always what i was capable of and i what i always wanted to do so that regret you know not doing something was uh, and not doing what i always wanted to do was weighing more than having a job security so i said this is the best time to get into let's take a plunge and let's see where it goes and being an iit bombay alumni it gives a lot, lot of safety nets to try if things work don't out so we took a you know uh, jump with a head first and things are been working out uh, in very interesting way that we'll discuss in coming right and when you wanted to take the plunge and start the company was it that the iit bombay had a entrepreneurship cell that offered you support and that led to some sort of a gateway into finding some you know earnings or 
seed money to begin with or how did you actually make a plunge because of course you know you either need to have uh, or come from a very rich family to do something in space where the family gives you seed money or or sometimes do something in software like we are doing for example where we have very little investment and purely it's code and you can write code just eating two meals a day and uh, build a product on top of that otherwise you will need to have uh, people who believe in your ideas and start investing in you so that you can spend that money to build that hardware so how did you come up with the seed funding for example for these ideas to then mature so interestingly for us uh, you know finding a fund was actually of course some money is important to start running but somehow for manas to things have happened with the time that whenever we needed a money we found a way to get the money through competition through grants or something so we didn't wait for investor to come and give the money and then continue the process so so we took a plunge and started the working and somehow every time we faced an issue we got the money that we required and we found the support that was required so i believe that passion of doing something that you always love will always lead to you to find a way to solve a problem be that of a money be that of a finding infrastructure a mentor or team member teammate co-founder any of those things if you really really want to do those things you will find those things so that has been the case so for us iit bombay was for sure a big big help you know we started working with a support in the iit bombay labs using iit bombay facilities and uh, uh, professors helped us to give give some of the access to some few lab facilities there so we could start our little hardware development and uh, not just the hardware development as well as the mentoring also you know how to go ahead in terms of technology as well as and another then with a slowly slowly in year and year and half in the development then we got a shell got invested in us in a very small amount but more than the amount they, they started helping us from the r&d side as well as the lab facilities some of the material that consumable that we wanted to buy which are the expensive materials so through that we found a way to get the work done so if someone is not giving money we'll ask them for support in kind if someone is not able to support in kind we'll ask them to connect in you know make some connection that we can help us in finding some alternatives to that so that has been the case every time we face a problem and that's how we found a way and that's how the manas to stick to started very slowly we started in our lab with almost minimum support in our in terms of financial background and as well as any initial investor and that things took on organically as and when required when you look at uh, the whole propulsion game today it's changed drastically over the last 10 years or so i guess a lot of the propulsion around the world has been hydrogen oriented and you know essentially very toxic i know that even uh, if some few milligrams or whatever micrograms of these kinds of things enter your body you can die uh, as uh, quickly as like i don't know a few days or something like that or even a few hours so these are very difficult technologies that have taken quite a long time to transition and from what you guys are trying to do with green propulsion and so on this is a kind of a game changer in propulsion technology in general and essentially this has been evolved in the last 10 years or so in many you know different parts around the world so before we get into what manastu does itself in green propulsion i would love for you to kind of give a brief about how propulsion has evolved in terms of propellants and you know toxicity and carcinogenics and so on and how this new era of propulsion is uh, you know either saving time or saving effort or you know removing health hazards or so on yeah a very interesting very good question actually uh, to be frank space propulsion did not change much uh, till last 10 years also 10 to 15 years or so the and uh, the government was especially the nasa led support effort and few other companies were doing some Uh, finding an alternatives and trying few combinations but the really efforts really took off uh, since 2010 or so 2000 i'll say 6 or so and then big way since the european uh, union blacklisted it, the hydrogen under the reach program and uh, they gave the industry 10 years so that was 2011 
10 years is 2021, but because of COVID, those timelines are a little shifted. So industry got the hint basically that we it's a high time that we need to go move out of this hydrazine. To give you an idea, the problem, the scale, the problem, uh, scale of a problem is that hydrazine is two times toxic than the gas that led Bhopal gas tragedy, which is methyl isocyanate. And it is as toxic as some of the cyanides that are there. So we know what happens when there is an accident, when there is a leakage, when there are the vapors. Uh, vapors are also toxic. You know, when you inhale, when you are working for long duration, the when you inhale those fumes, that, that is also carcinogenic. So in all, you know, on the name of uh, space development, using space for the betterment of Earth and all the treaties we signed, we are killing a people on the ground, slow death. That is, you know, that are the behind the scene uh, unsung heroes who are dying uh, unknowingly, knowingly over the period of last year, last so many decades or so, I must say. And the obvious question comes in then, why were there not been efforts, much efforts before last 10, 15 years ago? For a simple reason, it works well. Nitrogen people are comfortable in terms of how it works, performs, how it behaves under different conditions, what are the properties, the technologies around it what's well laid out. So that's why that, that inertia that always the space industry always had because the space has been done by the large corporates, NASA's and ISROs of the world. And since last 15, 20, 15 years or so, now this commercialization has started in a big way. Now the people are talking about, you know, saving money, saving a cost in the operational cost and not afford to uh, have that expensive hydrogen system because Synthesizing hydrazine is also expensive process. Then transporting it is also expensive because it's extremely toxic. And handling it, filling it into the satellite, that operation cost around three days, one days before, and you need to clear out the area. Then you need fill the operation, uh, operation of filling it into the satellite. And then the uh, next day you need to clear, keep that area uh, empty because because of the fumes which are also toxic. So everything adds up into the cost of operation. As more and more businesses are coming, the more and more the economy is playing a big role in space development, people are looking out for a green propulsion system, which will be A, the less toxic, much less toxic than the hydrazine, the B, uh, at least minimum as efficient as hydrazine or best, the good will be more efficient than that and preferably cheaper option in terms of cost of one unit system cheaper option with the toxicity the performance and the cost are the three main driving factors so something that will not kill people while handling while transportation you need a less safety compared to hydrazine it comes under a broad green propulsion uh, umbrella basically excellent and thank you for that kind of a very brief uh, very non-technical but still very relevant (laughs) explanation of the whole thing and from an Indian perspective here, I know that ISRO still uses some of the you know, older technology with hydrazine and others for their pro- space propulsion requirements, given that they're all very well tested in orbit and have been used in many, many satellites and probably they don't want to discuss, you know, they don't want to disturb any of that uh, at the moment. Can you give a rundown on, except you guys pushing this front on green propulsion and so on? Is there any specific government lab in India, in either in ISRO or DRDO or others, who've actually tried to make any of investments in this front or have done any experiments relevant? Or, you know, is it that you guys are really looking at it as pioneers trying to do this thing while people within ISRO or DRDO are then able to use technology from you guys, for example? ISRO, you know, the way... ISRO functions is little different than the businesses. And for them, uh, getting 100% success is more important than making a profit or revenue or do the cost cutting. Because the the way the ISRO is structured, the way the world, the country looks at it. So the job of ISRO is to take as minimum risk as possible and get the mission successful. And the fact that we don't have an alternative in India which is affordable uh, currently that can go today into the satellite, ISRO doesn't have an alternative but to go ahead with the 
hydrogen or hydrogen based systems be that for uh, satellite maintenance uh, station keeping maneuvering as well as the orbit transfer also so bipropellant monopropellant combined put together so that even saying having said that isro is trying its own uh, hands on uh, some of the developments on the green propulsion uh, hydrogen uh, han based hydroxyl ammonium based nitrate based system uh, internally so they are trying that options there are a lot of uh, work that needs to be done there some small efforts that been going on in isro that as far as we are can aware of and we believe that we have a very good uh, you know option opportunity to not just you know pioneerize the in- development has been started in isro what we are believe is that we have option to make it pioneer be a pioneer in while comer in terms of commercialization commercializing it first time in india and in fact we don't care about commercialization in first time in india we want to be a global player so we would love isro to use our system once we develop it successfully and our propulsion system powering indian satellites uh, isro satellite that will be definitely a dream and that will definitely one of the demand or the request with in space that that indian body that is set up to interface with the startups and industry that can we do that in the coming future once we to do the flight testing coming to the drdo defense uh, defense side of the aspect the defense is uh, currently with hydrazine and they have funded our startup to develop an alternative so green propulsion system so through them through us their their green propulsion systems are been, you know green propulsion efforts are been taken forward right and that's again very interesting that you mentioned about both these uh, efforts from a scale perspective there are companies that are trying to do these kinds of propulsion technologies from very small satellites i know somebody who is also trying to develop propulsion for i don't know satellites that are like 200 grams 300 grams right to people who are looking at you know 6 ton satellites with all electric and things like that right so the scale can be very broad with respect to the size of the satellite the kind of maneuvers which orbit they want to go into what kind of uh, you know life plan they have they want to also deorbit the satellite using some of the st- propulsion capability they have or there are many many things that go into these things right so from manastu's perspective is there a particular sweet spot that you think that you are going to hit that maybe today there are you know satellites that are 10 to 30 kilograms which are in the hundreds that are being launched every month and some of them are today coming up with like 100 to 300 kilogram kind of satellites that are you know one web or starlink or many others like that or even some of the bigger earth observation satellites and this a tiny bit of satellites that go into geo orbit nowadays right so what is the scale in which your propulsion systems would work and what would be the targets for the kind of operators that you would want to then work with yes absolutely so it's a huge market you see the diversity diversity in terms of the satellite types and what are the applications that they are been in terms of the orbit where they will be in terms of application in terms of payload in terms of maneuver in terms of trajectory it's overwhelming so we came after a lot of studies and you know the best fit of our technology we believe that the the sweet spot is somewhere between 100 to uh, 300 kg satellites uh, and we are okay. we serve the smaller satellites like 80 kg 90 kg also for sure this is not is not hard and fast bound but we believe that is another very interesting market uh, that is coming up so two types of satellite market we believe is going to create a biggest disruptions are the satellites of around say 5 kg to 5 kg to 7 kg the under uh, uh, under the uh, uh, small cube sat or little over the cube sat market and the small satellites which are around 100 150 kg is a sweet spot satellite because 150 kg satellites are satellites which are big enough to carry a good amount of payload but small enough to be launched in hundreds and thousands of numbers be that of a you know a high def- high definition imaging radar based satellites then of course internet satellites are there and a lot of uh, 
infrastructure people are building on in the inside in the space to serve the sp- satellites in the space combination of those things so we believe that is also that is one very interesting market high definition imaging real time videos and internet and as well as the small satellites which are like 5 kg 7 kg where you launch it in the flocks and figure it out phenomena that so that you can uh, using a high definition uh, high resolution camera you can uh, zoom into one particular location or target some particular phenomena in great detail so combination of those type of satellites working in saying will be a game changer and that is what we believe will be a very interesting case so that's why we are also so we nothing stops us to go serve satellites which are around say 50 kg or satellites are of around 300 400 kg as long as the thrust that required by them matches with us and the the duration in which we are qualifying our propulsion system is in the same range of their qualification as well as their time duration so so that is a currently a plan nice and from uh, the perspective of the technology itself there's probably two elements of this i'm no propulsion expert but from a logical standpoint at least when i look at it you kind of need to engineer the propellant itself the kind of the green propellant that you will probably look at and you need to engineer the device uh, or the thruster itself to be able to fire the propellant that you will be then uh, be using right right so they have to work together in that sense so from the approach that you guys are taking is it like a parallelized approach that you kind of work on both of them and and mix and match and and then you know look at firing it and testing it out and let's say on top of that how good is like the private sector talent pool and you know infrastructure and supplier availability for some of the components and the tests to be conducted to realize all of these things yes two big questions actually to combine so let me ask the first answer the first question where how what is the approach we took and what are the system that are there in the process of development uh you exactly pointed out two very key innovations this is the propellant and the 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 thruster part there is actually one very interesting component that is there that is actually a you know secret ingredient uh, is the catalyst actually catalyst is a catalyst is you can imagine like a spark plug in the car that starts the combustion so catalyst is something similar that sits inside this thruster or engine uh, and starts the combustion when the propellant or the fuel is injected on it so rather than having spark plug we have a catalyst which sits there and whenever the fuel comes it starts the ignition combustion and uh, the thrust is generated whenever the flow is stopped the flow the thrust stop so we took a sort of a parallel approach uh, for a simple reason that uh, there were when we started we had a risk of whether the propellant will be stable or no we started with a plan a plan b to ensure that it is stable so that if plan a doesn't work out which is the best case scenario plan b will be the second best best case scenario with little bit of penalty and little lower performance so and then even in that plan b whether it makes sense to build the system from customer point of view in terms of economics as well as the you know the usp point of view to the satellite manufacturer that made sense so we took that decision so we we started with this plan when plan plan a plan b for propellant because it was new other other two aspects the thruster and the catalyst catalyst has been figured out by uh, some of the companies worldwide so we know it can be done it's just the matter of time that we do it with r&d you know experimentation and iterative testing and then the third part is the the thruster so we know it works so just the it's a matter of time we reengineer the internal design in terms of injection pattern how the combustion happens what are the lengths the dimensions etc of the engine where we are figuring out that combustion in a more detail so all things doing parallel is the approach that we took with a plan a plan b of each subsystem it does if a doesn't work out what will be the b and what will be the penalty and what is the risk associated with so everything on that line 
coming to your second question about the talent infrastructure oh india needs a lot of work on that side especially infrastructure point so we have a good talent we have a really really good talent we have seen people from very simple universities not very known universities in the local towns coming and doing some which has never left their home city and coming and staying with us here in mumbai in the midst of this metropolitan and one of the most uh, you know active cities in the world and doing some fabulous job and that includes convincing isro drdo scientists about the work that we are doing and then getting up uh, you know convincing them in the different different reviews so we believe there is a lot of potential there is a lot of talent yes there is a more there is a gap between you know trained talent i will say that will be that will be good if uh, we do a lot of support lot of students project so that we get a talent when it is out of university that it has a, that uh, experience of building a space technology we would love as a industry we would love to have that talent for sure coming to infrastructure we are really need to work really really hard to establish the a infrastructure b the ecosystem of you know uh, as you mentioned about the suppliers of a different components like walls uh, ceilings and everything uh, which which will which has who have experience of building up their component in the space uh, space grid manner as well if not space grid at least the defense grid manner or something on those lines so we need a lot of work on that another major work that india needs to do is on the material side material and the manufacturing side we still have a decent manufacturing facilities in the country decent thanks to a lot of uh, you know uh, infra the setup that isro has taken a time to train lot of companies isro drdo defense uh, uh, psus and all of them put together they have trained lot of companies to do manufacturing but we are really really bad in terms of materials original material development or in original materials you know manufacturing that high temperature materials we need a huge huge uh, investment into those things creating a infrastructure so that we can accelerate that material development uh, currently that is one of the problem that we face the catalyst is the material that we are developing which is a secret sauce is one of the most cutting edge materials that are available uh, and uh, in terms of the temperature it needs to survive in terms of the operating condition pressure uh, the thermal cycles it has to go through and it is really hard to you know quickly do a turn around of one design one confi- one synthesis and then figuring getting the material done and then uh, testing it inside the engine and then figuring out how it works and then doing that repetitive cycle lack of infrastructure increases that cycle like anything in terms of analysis in terms of testing in terms of synthesis so we need a lot of lot of work in terms of setting up the infrastructure and to be frank the all the energy transition that is happening you know green re- revolution uh, uh, is been led by the development in the materials if you see carbon capture technologies processing of that carbon capture be that of a solar panels be that of a battery battery is the probably the most important and we india is missing that bus of uh, being a vital part because of not able ability non non ability to innovate in the material development and i think we have that with the last 4 years of development we have developed that capacity capabilities and know how of a material development ultra high temperature materials variety of materials you know from development from the scratch to the commercial level so we are developing that capabilities infrastructure slowly slowly in house but we need a whole set of ecosystems who invest money in r&d infrastructure and tech initiative to do different materials and build a whole ecosystem around Yeah, that's a very comprehensive uh, answer. Thank you for that. I think it's also interesting as to how all of this is developing when companies like yourself are taking a very product-oriented approach. Because most often the vendors that work with ISRO are very like service-oriented approach, where they don't really invest in a lot of IP development, but they invest in a lot of infrastructure that can produce for ISRO, and the de-risking of the IP itself is. done by isro 
in the process, right? So that's an interesting outcome. And it's also great that you're able to leverage some of the ISRO vendors themselves, I guess, in the process of uh, doing all of this. But let's say from the adoption perspective on how do you actually test this in space, you can do a lot of ground-based testing in Thermovax and you know do all sorts of uh, tests of cycling and uh, firing and all of these things. But at the end of the day, of course, adoption only, only comes when you're able to put this on a satellite and say this is fired in space and this is now working and it's gone through so many cycles or you're able to fire it so many times or so on, right? So how do you see this uh, working for you guys? Will it be that that you will be directly flying on a customer's satellites or do you work with somebody like an IIT Bombay who is, uh, you know, where you come from as well, that they just put some of your thrusters and say, we'll fly the satellite and we'll qualify the thruster for you on board one of these satellites? Or are you also, let's say, putting it on one of ISRO's or DRDO satellites and saying, okay, they will qualify the thruster in the process of them putting it on one of their satellites? Yeah. So answering your earlier part of question, or rather adding to the earlier part of comment, look, as a startup, we don't have the option but to innovate. Rather, I'll put it other way around. Whenever someone is doing innovation, that is a startup. So otherwise, we would have been a uh, routine business. And taking the risk and innovating comes uh, naturally. And it's always a game of risk versus reward. Uh, People are okay to take a low risk. You know, the manufacturing for ISRO uh, to the design that ISRO has provided or the DRDO has provided the missiles and all those things. And take a very small share of the whole product uh, or the economy versus someone who takes a risk and build a system around it and then qualifies it and put into the production and take a big chunk of uh, the profit, uh, the margin and that whole product. So you can compare, like think of an iPhone, Apple versus Foxconn. Do you want to become a Foxconn or do you want to become Apple of uh, any particular product is what you need to decide on. And as a startup, for us, it comes naturally for us. For we people, it comes naturally to, to take the risk and you know uh, focus on the larger chunk because we don't have any baggage of uh, having already infrastructure legacy and having no uh, that some companies have a legal mindset of that we will we are good in those things we will not enter into them so, so risk comes naturally so is the reward proportionately so that's where that's why we had to and. We are here because last generation did not take that risk of innovating. So someone had to take a risk and we can't point a finger that no one is doing. So we took a plunge and we decided, let's do this thing and let's establish the ecosystem. So at least next generation of entrepreneurs will benefit from the decision that we took. So coming to your second question, yes, definitely. The flight testing is the next critical milestone for us also. And for that, we are uh, working on three three potential options currently. One is we are talking to the companies who are building a satellite, who builds a satellite and for a customer and then launch it and do the, you know, do that operation operations in terms of tracking and everything. For a customer payload, we are talking to such a customer who will do flight testing for us. Second thing is we are in touch with ISRO and DRDOs that we can can we put our satellite as piggy bank on the our propulsion system as a piggy bank on their satellite. And the third is the best case will be the some of the companies who are building a new satellite. They build a satellite and they want to test their platform. So we we build our satellite and we build our propulsion system. They build a satellite so they take care of a share of a cost of a building a satellite and launching that much weight and we take a share of a cost of building our propulsion system and launching it into the uh, launching cost of that that much of weight. So we are evaluating all the three options. Uh, every option has its pros and cons. Uh, if we go with a dedicated satellite that has already been proven, then the cost will be much higher than the third option where we share with the new partner who is building a satellite. It's just that the new satellite means uh, uncertainty into their platform also because our system is new, their system is new. We will not be able to know exactly who, if it fails, why it has failed. 
but the second option sounds very comfortable putting it onto isro dio satellite it's just that it comes with its own timeline delays and plans so as a startup we can't rely on all those options uh, that uncertainty for long so we are evaluating those three options and in terms of as the you know the time progresses as the funding supports the financial supports and as we have more confidence of our system will will finalize one or one or the two options maybe and then take a and then go ahead and then finally choose one of them so to test the system into the space so idea is by the end of next by the mid of next year get the launch it our system by the end of this year 2022 and by the mid of next year have it completely tested uh, say six mission six months of mission life that is currently a uh, target it depends on the resources as well as how technology matures but that is these are the internal targets for for good luck to you and the team you know for that i think it's uh, very interesting and there's great potential for companies like you to start exporting some technology from india rather than simply trying to work within the country to supply for the market within from uh, let's say the perspective of the kind of support that you can receive to give you kind of a nudge from within the space program or even outside the space program there are of course many ways in which the americans or europeans also help some of these companies by either helping them fund some of these technologies or fly some of these technologies in one way or the other and there are initiatives and frameworks that are available for them to engage to doing all of this and you know whatever you are doing is something that you are doing within your own power and are trying to figure out ways in which you can progress despite having any of these kinds of frameworks available if you would give any suggestions as to something could be done for companies like you to be getting that nudge what would that wish list look like yeah actually it's a interesting question and i think there's a lot of been discussion been going on uh, how can government bodies especially isro support isro can support startups in terms of multiple ways uh, as you mentioned the financial uh, funding the project then helping them in the process of developing a product or technology or the service and then third maybe help them uh, bringing that technology to the maturity level and then helping them to make it mature technology be that of a satellite be that of a launch vehicle or the propulsion system or any of the onboard hardware you are developing like new processor new antenna or something these are these are the areas you need a lot of hand holding a lot of uh, support from and many of the problems that are there that startups are sort of planning to solve has been already solved by organizations like isro so with their help the journey can become you know focusing on the solving the most important problems rather than figuring out the peripheral things that isro has already with uh, crores of rupees and lot of years of hard work has already solved so definitely uh, support in this way uh, starting with the funds maybe supporting in terms of like the isa as the isa big uh, incubation program the nasa has this uh, funding the overall government has a small business funding initiatives program uh, so any of those kind of program in a in a big way in india where they can encourage the early stage of a startup will be a definitely on the first list first item second item supporting them in development of the technology in terms of figuring out that things that has been already figured out helping them with the infrastructure helping them with the mentoring helping them with the you know do's and don'ts of a space industry is like say even like small small things like using a clean room effectively so transportation of some of the flight components from one location to another location so that in the process they go don't get damaged and then figuring out ways to handle those equipment those are very small things which isro over the time making some mistakes figuring out doing lot of experimentation has figured out so they can do that part in very short duration those can be uh, translated to the startup so 
that will be the second hand holding uh, in terms of product development as well as the process establishing a process of product development and the third and definitely will be the guidance in terms of uh, like lot of the director level scientists the people who have experience of directing the projects big scale project how the project development happens what are the pros and what are the risks how the risk has to associate how the cost cost goes on into the development how to how to you know plan the infrastructure development as well as the people management so that that guideline through the people who have retired scientists and all those things coming forward and actively helping startups they are already doing it and if they do it in a more level more more way that will definitely helpful a lot of we helpful for startups another vertical that government and even overall isro can help is to make making a clear policy line guidelines and helping startups to figure it out what does that exactly policy means and how can we leverage that policy to create a world class product world class service and rather than hampering our own startups and services in india so the policy wise framework the rules and regulation norms of those things helping those startups uh, and setting them setting them in the first place and then helping the startups to fulfill those regulations will be a very important support the government including the isros and other bodies can do to help a startup so these are will be roughly top level four five four five items on my list and actually we have a lot more list like retired people of isro scientists are like a jeb and they, if they can we get access to those people will be a very very game changer another will be the lot of you know lot of uh, vendors and lot of supplier that isro has developed with that over the period of time uh, if isro make an access the list of those people accessible and some of the design that isro has done will reduce a lot of work for us so that will comes under you can put it roughly under hand holding but these are the top levels help wish list per se that we can expect for startups to have it but nonetheless it's a challenge so uh, solving the challenge is a part of a story so it's just that we want to create a world class product and with the without world class support it takes a lot of time investment and to create that world class product so by the time the the rest of the world would have gone much ahead uh, till the time we figure it out how these things happen so to make it to get to give our own startup a competitive edge we need to create this infrastructure system process around uh, the startups and the whole ecosystem that's a very comprehensive list and very nice actually explanation to what are all the things that can be exploited within the country to support companies uh, at the end and from your own story actually given that you are coming from this iit bombay ecosystem a very prestigious institute and you know coming from that kind of a background as well as having connections to uh, i mean being an alumni of drdo or so on i guess that also adds a lot of value in and also probably some credibility in terms of approaching these institutions for help as well if you weren't from any of these institutions you know not any big name institution or of that nature would you have been at the same place that you are today or would have would the journey have been a lot more difficult as uh, you know from your experience so far interesting question let me think for sure journey would have been different maybe difficult if you ask me personally mm. for a simple reason uh, you know forget about the infrastructure and contact and any other support the biggest support that you know biggest help support the iit the tag of iit bombay gives is that when is that you have that safety net that you know if this doesn't work out you have a multiple more option when you join the first what makes iit is uh, little different or valuable is that it's not about the infrastructure or it's not about this anything else it's just that the mindset when the person joins an iit on the first day that they have been told that they are good they are the topmost they are the cream of the nation and so called and that goes into the mind okay you you can do a lot of things you know it's just the sky is the limit what you can do and we have so many people doing those things that 
so you get that confidence you know uh, when someone tells you again and again and again and that you are good you are cream and etc and etc so that 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 instill that instill that con- con- confidence so now that that baseline is clear that even if this doesn't work out you have a lot of options frees up lot of uh, space in your head to think about what next and then that 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 what next ability is to take a risk related to building a startup or venturing into something unknown on your own or and in the process you will find a support having said that everyone has his own journey and then if you really want to get something done be that of a big name of like iit or iims or any other things i think it matters just set 5% in 100% of journey or even maybe a less than that except the fact that some of the investors look for iit iim tax but that we also everyone face the same problems same challenges apart from that we need to same convince the investor uh, convince the customers to buy our system negotiate with the vendor and vendor will have its own problem to deliver things so that don't give, that don't make our any life easier so i'll say it would have been definitely different maybe little diffi- difficult maybe we would have had to find some more different ways to get the work done but i think we might if anyone wants to get get it done they can find a way to get it done it's just a matter of time maybe in terms of say if you took say 3 years to get something done they might take say 4 years or 4 and 1/2 years to get that get those things done so don't let anyone tell you that because you are not from the top universities so called top universities you can't do something or it's not possible or it's very difficult it's as equal is difficult for us as then for any other people and anyone can do what they want to do if they really want to do as bad as say breathing then you will eventually do it from a perspective of customers from your own product for example right does it get easier to ride on somebody's brand like an isro brand which has a very you know good international reputation that they do reliable stuff and they have lots of flights heritage and coming from india is borrowing a little bit of isro's prestige in the international market and is that useful while talking to international customers or is there a little bit of skepticism saying should we go in and work with an indian company and buy technology from there so what is the kind of reception that you get as a you know state of the art technology provider coming from india when it comes to international markets <laughs> actually uh, we we do ride on isro's uh, you know good work over the last so many years and uh, that helps that helps you know isro has set up a brand image uh, that india is a place where you get things done especially in the case of a space at very affordable price and they work reliably so the cost and the reliability are the probably the two most important factors that are you know that are playing a role in making the space new space economy that is been today and and going forward for next say 50 years 100 years down the line so the cost reliability and the performance so those three four parameters so so definitely we definitely ride on the uh, isro's good work over the years and the value uh, that the, the 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 image of indian space program that they have established in the eyes of all the foreign foreign companies if you comparatively if you are selling a defense product then people are little more skeptical uh then say you're selling a space product as long as you have the, all the certification and the fact that you are in india they are they are very 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 much open to discuss and you know see how things goes on so having said that as i mentioned the cost is important factor and few countries who build uh, india who who can afford that costs are probably say india china and few other countries maybe and india and china are the two big space faring nation uh india sits at a very interesting junction of socio economical you know geopolitical point of view that india has a very good relations with the multiple of the countries uh major countries major space faring nations especially europe us australia japan and uh, russia also so because of that you know 
the people have that understanding okay india means we can rely on the india because of uh, geopolitical situation so that gives us a lot of you know age over many of the other people because we are competing at the cost and of course technology is the cutting edge and people trust india overall development wise and now people for long people were trusting the services of india like software services now the shift is happening slowly steadily long way to go but still shift is happening that people are relying on indian hardware also slowly slowly and that that you can see in terms of rise of lot of uh, investment into the deep tech startups that is coming up numbers are very small but they are rising in a very good way in a very interesting positive way and probably maybe 5 years 7 years to 10 years down the line we will start seeing uh, ipos and spacs of indian uh, deep tech startups also so that shows that lot of investment from outside uh, india coming into the india indian indian uh, startups space startups signing mous collaborating with lot of foreign companies is a sign of that that trust building up we are also closely working with multiple of the foreign companies from france uh, germany the japan also and figuring out how ways we can do it and then signing contracts with some of the companies so things are changing rapidly and we have the advantage in terms of cost geopolitics as well as the reliability of because of isro so that definitely helps so what are the challenges looking like today and for the next let's say couple of years for you guys is it mostly fundraising to make sure that you have enough runway or is it finding opportunities that can then you know allow you to test out different scale of thrusters or it's a combination of everything there uh i will say challenges are many it's just that we are figuring out ways to solve those challenges and uh, i will say the milestones may be as a as a term rather than challenges so milestone will be to raise funds that we are currently raising quickly and uh, finish that flight testing as soon as possible start delivering the system to the customer because when we started uh, our startup journey we didn't want to do the business or we don't want to develop a startup in a way we are just burning the investor money so that's why we started a small with a one small in part of a whole system and uh, making it a big to start with and then building on top of that is what we were believe and so that's why we spent a lot of time to get the paying customers and through indian defense we got that so we always want to build a sustainable business out of it rather than startup which will you know raise four five rounds of money and still have no customer or no revenue so we didn't want to do that so we that's why we took this thing so target is to the the trust that has been shown by the current customers and the customers that we are talking to fulfilling that trust and start delivering on to their trust is the first milestone uh, i'll say second after fundraising is the first milestone currently that that is customer reliable reliably testing it into the space is the second milestone and then we have a lot of interesting technologies in pipeline uh, a lot on that we want to build on top of the current propulsion system we our technology can make a, something like a combination of electric as well as the green propulsion system in using one propellant that is the next uh, you know next uh, development in line so combination of electric plus chemical in one system is what we are developing on so uh, two things in one go uh, in one system so you get the best of the both the world so that is what another uh, is what next system along with that we are also working on uh, planning how can we support the customer from end to end so start of life where we give them a propulsion system to inspless refueling as a service to extend the life and then once we have a platform which will can do a ref- in space refueling which we believe is another major uh, growth uh, major development that is going to happen is the in space services be that of a refueling be that of a uh, uh, as a bus a space tug or be that of a de- uh, you know debris removal service like what astroscale is happening so so refueling is what we are targeting so that we can support customer from end to end so there are four five i'll say a very interesting technology that are lined up after this thing so 
delivering on the current promises and then going ahead and building on to top of the current technology to build an amazing product is are the main challenges for next three or four years that we we are currently working on preparing up gearing up as we go great i think uh, that's actually a very interesting overview of all the things that you have planned in the next couple of years and it's very comprehensive as well good luck uh, to the team and i'm hoping that uh, you know you guys and uh, many of the other new space companies that are all starting out to get into this more of delivering cook to customers maturing their products and then eventually entering the market with a buzz are able to succeed and then create a wave of some of these companies from india who are actually going to be starting to compete internationally and grab some of the market share i think that is the only way that we can you know basically coerce the government in one way or the other to support the sector more because at the end of the day people need to see some evidence of success coming out and then i guess only then i see the system giving a better push that there is some evidence that this sector is about to grow yes a very valid point because you know is we are in the for last till this year and maybe next year we are in the nascent stage where we are just many of the startups are raising money in a year or two it's a time that we start delivering to the promises that we made it to all the investors customers and all of them so that we can build on those promises and raise more money you know? uh, we are raising startups are raising in tens of uh, millions of dollars in uh, in that order so now the target is can we convince investors to so that they can in, start investing in say 15 or hundreds of millions of dollars going forward and that will come only when we start delivering to the customers to the investors and and not just to wait for the government to support i think i believe the, all the startups can support each other and create that formidable combination that uh, that individual startup can be when we come and join hands forces together so from our side we are always always uh, willing to help support or any way help any other startup that require and we believe if even all those current startups are there if they join together then will be a very very interesting force to reckon with uh, that we have currently and then so this is the way forward and definitely government today or tomorrow will take a notice government is taking a notice in a big way and a lot of initiatives are uh, you know uh, the sign of it it just that we need lot more work can be done lot more there is a lot of margin to do that work development in terms from government side but as we speak slowly steadily that change is happening so it's very welcome change but we startup needs to come together help each other and build a ecosystem rather than competing with each other yeah absolutely and again very well put thank you so much for spending the time in recording this episode it's been very educative for me as well to see how a company like you you know matures in a country like india for example getting out and i'm sure that the listeners will also find it very interesting is there a kind of people who are interested in contacting you either for jobs or even for advice um you know what is the best way of reaching you and if there is also kind of people who you want to reach out to you what would those kind of people would be yeah reaching out to me very simple option you can uh, linkedin linkedin is the most in common way or or the you can email me my first name dot last name at the rate of manastuspace.com so tushar dot jadav at the rate manastuspace.com is a simple email address or you can uh, email on the website also that comes to me itself so anyway any one of the option is okay what kind of people so look well the business is all about the people so we are always look out for the people who are good in the technology who are who are good in selling who are good in the business development who are good in marketing or who are passionate about the hardware who are passionate about some of the softwares writing the code we are always open and always looking out always hiring for this kind of a people so even if you have a inclination to sell or inclination to build an inclination to you know solve one problem and stick with a problem for long duration then we are a place to do so 
at manas to you will get all the freedom to try new things succeed so when someone joins on the first day we just tell them two things just don't break our trust and uh, don't get killed apart from that we they have all the freedoms to discuss with each other try new ideas as long as we are doing the work that we do and and we and then make a promise on the day one itself that if you stay with us for long we'll take care of you if you want to do another job because of some xyz reason we will be the first one to help you find another job if you want to go do higher studies we will be write the best recommendation letter in the world that you possibly can think of and in the and if you stay with us we'll help you we will take care of the take care of you the best possible we can so we make it very clear up front that this is a place for you to try new things grow and uh, make the most out of it and enjoy the process so so any of the people who are listening who are interested in this journey always feel free to contact us message us email us anyway fascinating and uh, very well put again tushar thank you so much for taking the time and good luck to the team again thank you thank you there and thank you everybody it's always fun to talk to you thank you so much Thank you for listening in to this episode of the New Space India podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share this episode with anyone you believe will enjoy listening to it. You'll be able to find the New Space India podcast in any of the podcasting platforms that you may be using, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube and others. Do subscribe to the podcast in case you want to receive new episodes automatically. I'm grateful if you're able to leave a rating for the podcast. which will help others discover it thank you for listening in again and the next episode will be out in the next two weeks as usual